You're listening to a message from Pastor Jack Holt at the River. But tonight I'm going to be ministering to you about the greatest gift that you'll ever receive in your life, and that is Jesus Christ. You know, during the holiday seasons, we go out and we do a lot of different things, and we try to get that perfect gift. And, and wives, they, they put on those little, those little nuggets of truth, you know, walk by someone and say, you know, that'd really be nice to have that, hoping their husband would listen to it and then later purchase it for it. So everybody wants to get that perfect gift. But I love what Jesus said. Jesus said that, that the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life, and that you might have it abundantly. And the word there for abundant, it means beyond and extraordinary. In other words, God wants us to have a life that is not just ordinary, but extraordinary. And God sent his son to restore all of us to that state where God's blessedness can operate through you and bless you. Let me show you a verse in the Bible that shows you God's intention. This is James chapter 1. It says, every good, and, or every good gift and perfect, every perfect gift is from above, comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. I love this text because it shows us that God the Father loves us not in a way that is twisted, but in a way that is good and pure and upright, the gifts that he gives us in giving us his son, Jesus. Without Jesus, you can't have the kind of life that God intends for all of us to have. You need Jesus in it. One verse that I've always liked, it's in the book of Isaiah, it says this. It says, woe unto those who call evil good and good evil. And we live in a cult culture that is all confused about that. But I, I remember it was, a, it was a story I heard, this true story, of a fellow that was a Christian, but he'd wandered away from the faith. And one day he was out and he was doing something with his gutters. And he was up on a ladder anyway, trips, falls, and ends up paralyzed. And I heard about it, I wanted to minister to him, but he had told everybody around him that God had chastened him because of his backsliding. And the sad thing about it is he would never believe for healing because he believed that way. Someone had told him that God's the one that does these things and it's for your good. I want to tell you right now, God doesn't put disease on anybody. God doesn't knock people off ladders. God doesn't send hurricanes. God doesn't send that. God is a good God. He sent his Jesus to deliver us. Can you say amen, everybody? And the gifts that he wants to give you are good gifts. They're blessing gifts. In fact, there's a text where Jesus said this. He says, you evil generation give good gifts to your children. How much more will my heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask? In other words, his emphasis was, listen, you got to understand Jesus. The father represented Jesus. And everything that we know about God, we learn through Jesus. And Jesus says he's a good God. I like what Oral Roberts said years ago. He said, God is a good God. He's a good God. You'd be surprised how many people in the church don't believe that he's as good as he says he is. And God would not leave us in the state that we're in for one reason. 
He wanted us to be blessed. He wanted us to go over the top. He wanted us to have more than enough plenty left over. And that's why he sent Jesus into this world to die for us. So that we would be blessed over abundantly above all that we can think or imagine in Christ Jesus. I want you to turn a couple of people right now and say, God's a good God. He's concerned about you. Jesus came to fix your life, not wreck your life. Jesus came to bless your life, not make you miserable in your life. Once you start getting this foundation, you understand that everyone needs Jesus because everyone needs forgiveness. Everyone needs Jesus because he is the only possible way that you can have true blessings in life. You remember the scripture, Jesus said this, he said that he was the light of the world. What does that mean? Jesus is the light of the world. It simply means this from a very scriptural standpoint. It means that Jesus is the light in the lamp. A lamp without a light is no good. You buy your kids some toy that, that runs by batteries. That toy will not function or operate the way it needs to without those batteries. Jesus is the source of life in true prosperity. He is the source of life in a great marriage. He's the source of life in whatever you may be doing in your life today. And without him, you have something that's running without batteries. Without him, you don't have the joy that's unspeakable, full of glory. You don't have that level of breakthrough that God really desires that you would have personally in your life. He desires that you would overcome. He desires that you would be blessed. That's why I sent Jesus, because we couldn't save ourselves. We couldn't deliver ourselves. So God sent his only begotten son into the world to die for us. And to be raised up so that we can be blessed. Jesus is the reason for the season. And when you grasp that truth, it changes you forever. Let me show you how good this gift is of Christ. John's gospel, the 15th chapter, verse 7 said, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you wish and it shall be given to you. I love that verse. The word there for abide, it talks about something that you're residing in in the past, continuing in the present. And he's talking here about eternal life, but also you could word it as fellowship with God. In other words, if you're saved and you're fellowshipping with God you're, and you have that eternal life, that's the first condition, he says. Second condition, you have to have the word abiding inside of you. But that first condition is that you are to abide in him. Have this fellowship with him. I'm going to make a statement here. This is going to shock you, but it's true. Did you know that God never breaks fellowship with those who have believed on him? Did you hear what I said? He never breaks fellowship with you. He never leaves you or forsakes you. Even when you're going down the wrong road, he's still there. Even when you're not, you don't want him in, he's still knocking on the door. 
Even when you don't have the wisdom that you need, he is still providing it for you. You have to receive it, but it's already, it's like God says, listen, I'm loving you with an everlasting love. But when I walk in fellowship towards him, I'm walking in his love. It doesn't mean I'm perfect, but I am walking in his love. That's the first condition. Just walk in love because he loves you. He forgave you, you can forgive others. Amen. He provides for you, you can provide for others. Hallelujah. Are you with me tonight, everybody? Or are you just waiting for the candles? That's how powerful it is. But I want you to see something from this that's so exciting and embracing is that's the first thing Jesus said, you need to abide in me. In other words, God, I'm, God's going to love you unconditionally. My Father's going to love you and love you, but you need to abide in that, respond to that, walk in love in your life, and then also let my word abide in you. Once that happens, God gives you a blank check. And says, whatever you want, no matter how big it is, no matter how vast it is, I'm giving you a blank check if it's, if it's from my word. Now, you ought to get excited right now and say, praise God. God's providing for you a future and a hope, one that you could only dream about, one that you could only think about, one that is so vast and so great. My church, listen, this is so powerful to know that God says, I've sent Jesus so that you can abide in me and in the Father and you can, in my work and abide in you so that I can give you a blank check and you can believe me and I can do wonders in your life that you could only dream about by my spirit. Praise God. That's good stuff. But yet that's exactly what the word is suggesting, a blank check. Let me tell you something a lot of people mess up. They over-spiritualize everything. They go, well, pastor, you got to be led by the Spirit, got to be led by the Spirit. I I'm convinced that God leads people about 10 or 12% of the time. Special direction for certain things. The majority of the time... He wants you to decide what color shoes you buy, how big your house is, what kind of car you drive. You get in an SUV, you get in a Volkswagen. Say amen. amen. He wants you to pick that vacation spot. He wants you to pick the blessings in your life. That's the liberty that God gives us in Christ. That's why the Bible said, delight yourself in the Lord, and the Lord shall give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. And you know that that involves two types of aspects. It types things that we ask for personally that we wanted, and God gives it within his will. And that it also includes those things that you never asked for, but they came with the package. You remember, you, you, uh, if you read your Bible, you remember the story of Solomon? He's being de uh, uh, dedicated as the king over Israel after his father had retired. And he's praying that God's blessing would be on him. And so he tells the Lord in a prayer, he says, Lord, I, I just want wisdom to, to rule these people correctly. And God responds back and says, you know, I'm going to give you more than that. I'm going to give you riches. Because you didn't ask for me to kill your enemies. 
You didn't even ask for long life. All you asked for was wisdom. You know why, you know why God did that? Because wisdom produces wealth. Wisdom produces long life. Wisdom receives a better life. And the wisdom from above, Jesus Christ has come to this earth to give us a blessing, to give us a way out of our problems, to give us a breakthrough where there hasn't been a breakthrough, to give us a, I can do it. Come on. He wants to do that in your life. And so when we talk about this perfect gift, there is no better gifts. I mean, I've got, I remember, you know, before I knew Jesus, I'd, you know, get this and that. But it was always empty. It was always empty. It wasn't until the gifts started coming from Jesus that there was a peace with it, that there was a joy with it, that there was a, a rightness with you and God. And, and it was just, it's the true way to succeed in life is to have that abundant life. Let me relate to you a story. It's a true story, but it's, I think you can relate to it. It's a story about a very, very wealthy man who had a son. And this wealthy man, you know, he had started out, he had all these businesses. And so raising his son, he, you know, he missed baseball games. He wasn't able to give the attention to his son that most fathers would have given he was so busy making money that his son felt neglected year after year after year after year. He missed his, his stage performance at school, missed some of his birthday parties. And this is how he was raised. And he really had a resentment towards his father because his father never took the time he needed to raise him. Well, as the father got older and his son got older, his son graduated from school and went on to a major university. And his son knew that his father was wealthy, that his father could pretty much give him anything that he wanted. And so his son kept putting in this hint. You know, Dad, Dad, the, 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 this certain car lot, there's a car there, it's a convertible, it's a certain series, I, man, I would really like that for a graduation present. This is when he's in college. So every time he'd come over from college to be with his father, he would remind him of this gift that he wanted. And as every year went by, he's getting more excited because he knows his dad can afford it. And he keeps mentioning this gift to him. Finally, he finishes his schooling and graduates, and after graduation day, he went to his father's place. It was a huge home, a state. And he's in there socializing with uh, friends and so forth, and his father, his father said, uh, could you come with me back to my study? I, I want to I share something with you. So the boy's getting excited. I'm going to get this car. I'm going to get this car. And the father sets him down and says, listen, I got something for you. And he brings out this package. And it's, it's, uh, it's all made up, you know, with all the decorations and everything. It's a beautiful gift package. He brings it over the desk and he says, he pushes it towards his son. And he says, happy graduation. The son's excited. He's expecting when he opens the lid to see uh, some car keys in there. He opens the lid and there's a Bible in it. 
He said, I don't need a Bible. What I need is that car I've been talking to you about. Pushes the Bible away, furious at his father. And from that day on, he wouldn't socialize or see his father on his birthday or anything else and just separated himself. Used his father's influence and became extremely successful and wealthy. Got married, didn't invite his father to the, to the wedding. Had the first child and didn't invite his father to see the baby. Had a second child, same thing. But one day, the, the, the older boy now says to himself, I need to reconcile with my father. It just feels funny. I, I just, I need to fix this. So he calls his father up, and he doesn't argue with him. He said, listen, we're planning this vacation. We'd love you to come. I want you to meet your grandkids. Father's excited about it. So a date is set for them to vacation together. Day before that happens, the son gets a phone call. Yeah? What? Father had had a massive heart attack and died. Puts the phone up, flies back to where his father's estate is and is settling everything, getting everything in order, putting it together. And he goes into his father's study. And he's thinking about his past and how he had not reconciled with his father. And he's just sitting there in his father's chair and he looks and he sees this same wrapping paper that caused the division in the first place. And he goes up to the bookshelf and takes the book down. And sure enough, it's the same gift. He opens it up. There's a Bible inside of it. Now, this is the part that grabbed me. He grabs the, the Bible out of it, puts it to his chest, and starts weeping as he realizes what's happened. And he notices in the Bible there's a marker for a place. So he opens up the Bible, and here's the verse that he read. Put it on the screen if you would. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And he closes the book, and he's weeping. And as he lifts the book over this way, all of a sudden, somebody falls out of the book. He looks in the ground. It's car keys. He takes the car keys up. And it's this car that he'd wanted. So he goes out in his father's garage, which is huge. And at the end of the garage, there was a, a car there with a tarp over it. And he tears the tarp off. And there's the car that his father had saved all these years for him. The moral of the story is this. Sometimes we don't except Jesus because of how it's wrapped. 
Sometimes we don't receive our Savior because it's not wrapped the way that we thought it was wrapped. We don't realize that Jesus will give everything that you want, but sometimes it comes in a package that isn't the kind of package that we think it should be. We thought it would be more this, and it was that, and, and that's what I wanted to tell you today, that Jesus... if, if, if People don't receive him because of how he's wrapped. They think to come to Christ is to not have any more fun. They think to be a follower of Jesus is to live a miserable life here. And they think to forgive and not to hold things against people is a terrible way to live. People will take advantage of you and all this. And because of that, they miss the gift. The gift is Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's the gift. That's the gift that restores families. That's the gift that makes your dreams come to pass. It's that gift doing it his way, not your way. It transforms you. It heals you. It blesses you. Let me explain to you how this happens. And maybe you'll grab this in your spirit. You know, as a father, when I became a father, one of the things a father always wants to do is provide for their family. But fathers, have you ever noticed that sometimes... You can't provide for them what they need. You don't have the resources or you don't have the miracle power to give them what they need when they get a broken heart. But one thing I always gave my kids and anyone else in my family was Jesus. Because when I gave them Jesus, they had everything that they needed to forgive. Everything they needed to heal the broken heart. Everything they needed to heal the disease. Everything they needed to get the breakthrough in their life. Everything that they needed. Everything they needed. Everything that you ever need in life is in Jesus. You say, well, Pastor, you're just preaching about Jesus. That's right. He came to give us life and to give us life more abundantly. Say more abundantly. Now, you may have came here tonight and said, well, I just want a little fluffy message. I'm not going to give you a fluffy message. I'm going to give you one that will deliver your family, deliver you from the, the demonic powers of Satan. I'm going to give you a Jesus that came for one purpose, that is to die for you, to be resurrected for you. He was already king of the universe, king of creation. He came down to bring you up to where he is. And I never heard Jesus preach that way before. When I went to church, all of us just love one another, love one another, love, and that's great. But don't, no one told me what I'm telling you tonight. No one told me that he can change your life. No one told me that, that life isn't, it's never empty 
when Jesus is the center and the direction of your life, when he is the force of your life, when he is driving you to the direction and the place that God has called you to. No one ever told me that. And I'm telling you tonight that you don't need to wait until another Christmas to give Jesus your life. You don't have to wait for another moment to get to make Jesus as your life. You can receive him tonight as your savior and he can change you and he can transform you and he can bless you. Thanks for listening today. For more messages like this one, check out our podcast, River App, and our website at theriver.church. We're the river and we're doing life together.